1,000 sketches in 1,000 days. Day 489. Rejected sketch 404. Never, never. Reject Squeak once again. Yes. Dan, I believe it's your turn to kick things off. It is. Right. Uh, there are two people in this sketch. I suppose I've picked it, so I'll be one. Uh, Simon, would you like to do two? You will do. I just closed the tab that this sketch is on and I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's alliterative and it's the name of a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Peter. (laughs) Let's get straight to it. This position carries a good deal of responsibility. Have you ever held a position of responsibility within a team or organisation? Oh, yes, I have. A good deal of experience of that. Great. Perhaps you can tell me about a time when your team was faced with a period of adversity or conflict and how you led them through that. Okay, well, there was one time when my team faced a significant external threat And I had to deal with it in a decisive manner. So I did. What did you do? I dealt with it in a decisive manner. Go on. In order to deal with the external threat posed to my team by the rival team, I kicked the leader of the rival team off his pirate ship and into the waiting jaws of a clockwork crocodile. A clockwork crocodile? What's that, a tax-evading transaction? Well, alright, not clockwork, but sort of ticky but just a crocodile hmm. is this a metaphor i don't know what that is but if it's a thing that definitely really happened exactly as i just said then yes no a, a metaphor is a... oh don't worry i don't really care why learn about <laughs> metaphors when you can go gallivant uh please don't interrupt peter interrupting is the number one turn off for future employers and the, uh, the the pirate captain, how did he react to his displacement? What do you mean, how did he react? He reacted by being swallowed by a ticky crocodile. I mean, in fairness, there wasn't much on the table for him at that time. Rationally speaking, that's why it was a good victory. Let's move on. On your application, you listed your skills as gallivanting, cavorting and temporal stasis and nothing else. I was trying to keep it brief. Don't be scared of elaboration, Peter. Fear of elaboration. Number one turn off for future employers. <laughs> Wasn't that interrupting? Don't point out mistakes by the interviewer, Peter. Pointing out mistakes by the interviewer. Number one turn off for future employers. Okay, fine. I mean, honest, I felt that the temporal stasis was pretty impressive without adding German or C++. Oh, you know German or C++? No. Oh. <laughs> but I will never grow up. By which you mean... I'm forever a child. I don't act like an adult. Except when I need to do homicides. Like we just spoke of. Do you think that's a positive attribute? Eh. The little shoes are cheaper. I see. Uh, Well, I actually reject the premise. But anyway, I don't think we need to do this any further, (laughs) Mr. Pan. Um, What the fuck's that? Thanks. Thank you for, for that. Could you show yourself out? I think it's some translation of what it's meant to be. 
I can fly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps a job in aviation would suit you better. No, I mean, I can really fly on my own. It's magic. I'm magic. At least Tinkerbell is magic and has magic to us that makes me fly. Blimey, Peter, that's three in a row. Don't claim your magic, Peter. Don't claim anyone else's magic and don't mention drugs. Claiming your magic, claiming someone else's magic and mentioning recreational drug use. All number one turn off for a future employer. And being able to fly? That's actually quite cool, but still has minimal bearing on the job we're offering. I'm afraid I should have to bid you good day. Very well. Is that it? Yes. How did I do? Pretty well. I think I can say that you've passed this basic technique for interviews course. Great. I thought I dealt with that hobbit quite well. Yes, yes, never fail for enchanted knickknacks or promises of extra breakfast. But you shouldn't have given the Gruffler a dinner lady's job without doing a CRB check. She's an inverted child molester. I <laughs> 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 oh What am I like? What? What am I like? What a weird sketch. Uh, I realise um, I probably should have changed my accent at the very last two lines or so. Yeah, much. possibly. <laughs> <laughs> she is an inveterate child. It's much, much better. <laughs> Significantly. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, isn't it? If it's... we wrote that now, we'd accept it. Mm. Yeah, probably sure. true. I think if Dan was really interviewing Peter Pan, he wouldn't ask him to show him that he flied. We know your interview technique. I think if he came in and on his CV it said, I can fly, you'd never ask him about it. No matter what it said on the TV. If it was relevant to the position, I would ask him about it. But that's the thing. If someone came in saying they could fly and it wasn't relevant to the position, you wouldn't ask about it. (laughs) What are you talking about? What if they say they've got a talking dog and they bring a dog in? You're not going to ask to see that if it's not relevant. (laughs) I mean, it's fine in an interview to talk in a general way about the person a bit, but that doesn't involve doing fucking party tricks. If it's you have the ability to fly, this just proves I was right. This just proves I was right. He would not ask about it. That's why. No, you're right. I wouldn't ask about it. You're absolutely right. I just think that's (gasps) a good maniac. Maniac. And it's also why Laura employed Mr. Sausages. Thousand Sketches in 1000 Days was written by the Albion Basement. It was performed by Dan Mitchell and Simon Tui. It was produced by Alistair Turvitt. The music is by The Evenings. See you tomorrow.